Unpacking our survival strategies and shaping. When our inherent needs for safety, belonging, and or dignity are threatened, or when traumatic experiences occur, our bodies respond in automatic, protective, and adaptive ways. This includes five types of survival strategies, including fight, flight, freeze, appease, and dissociate. In this section, we will define each response and outline how each can manifest in one soma or life based on definitions and descriptions shared by Stacey K. Haynes in The Politics of Trauma. If you benefit from this language and or share it with others, please make sure to credit and amplify the lineage of this practice and shift your resources in the direction of her offerings. Please refer to the modules on lineage and extraction in Chapter 4 to understand why these conditions are non-negotiable. Note, in this section, I use the language of survival strategies, survival shaping, survival response, protective response, and protective patterning, all interchangeably. Types of survival strategies. Number 1. Flight. Flight is defined as fleeing or running away. It's the impulse and action of getting out or away from a threatening person, experience, or situation. This can happen at a subtle level, like increased attention and a slight turning away, or at a gross level, literally running away, moving away, leaving someone or a situation. Flight can show up in your soma or life like leaning away from contact or engagement in your somatic shape, a backing up or angling away from that feels quote-unquote normal to you, leaving, ending a conversation, relationship, or not hanging in is a relief. It may feel quote-unquote safer, even though it does not take care of your life and your commitments. It might include a repeated internal dialogue that is about leaving, escaping, planning for how to and when to leave uncomfortable but not threatening situations. It can involve an identity built around, I'm just not a person who hangs on, or I don't like staying around for the end, or I'm better off alone. Number two, fight. Fight is a protective mobilization to threaten, get bigger than, position and defend, and intimidate to ward off or dissipate threat. Fight as a survival response is this. The best defense is a good offense. If I threaten, perhaps you will not harm me, or because you are harming me, I will fight you off. Fight can look like a defensive or positioned immovable shape. Jaw and or chest stuck out slightly, making yourself bigger, clenching your fists, It can involve a hardening or thickening of the body, organizing to be impermeable. You might make yourself bigger and louder, taking up space physically, relationally, with your voice or your presence. This may feel quote-unquote normal to you. It can involve an automatic no, having automatic avoidance and boundaries that don't take care of you or those you care about. It can involve a lack of feeling or access to yourself and body, or attention, pressure, and pushing outward that feels quote-unquote normal to you. 
a pressure internally to act externally. It can involve engaging or creating conversation and situations that have conflict or are difficult. These may feel like quote-unquote safer ways to relate, even when they do not take care of your life and your commitments. It can involve distrusting people who quote-unquote get along or agree. You might only trust people who can fight with you. It can involve separating, critiquing, and hardening as an automatic way of being. The critiquing or separating can feel quote-unquote safer than connecting or softening. Number three, freeze. Fight and flight are mobilizing us into action. Freeze is mobilizing us into non-action. Often people will be frustrated with themselves, wondering, why didn't I scream? Why didn't I fight back? Why didn't I run? It's so important to know that during a freeze response, you can't do any of those things. You are temporarily immobilized. You cannot speak or move so as to survive. Freezing is not passive consent. It's a sign of intense threat and danger. Freezing can look like a general numbness, not feeling, or a stillness in your body and emotions. Sensation or emotions may feel overwhelming, and numbing may feel quote-unquote normal to you. Conversations that have conflict, too many choices, or even pleasure may have you go quote-unquote blank when you can't think of what to do or what to say next. Being away from stimulation, even positive situations, may feel quote-unquote safer even though it does not take care of your life and your commitments. It can involve an internal dialogue that's about numbing, not feeling, or shame of inaction. It can involve an identity built around thinking, I am self-contained or I don't have many needs, or I am detached, or I can't act. It can look like allowing for little stimulation or aliveness somatically, including pleasure, even when it does not take care of you or your life. This can be read as a lack of authenticity because you cannot come out to allow for contact and connection. Number four, appease. Appeasing is the protective mobilization to pacify, placate, become smaller than and less threatening so as to ward off threat or dissipate it. The basic communication of appeasing is, I won't hurt you, so don't hurt me, or I'm not threatening, so don't hurt me. Appease can look like a shape of apology, a more collapsed chest, automatically nodding in agreement and conceding space to others. It can look like apologizing often. It can look like making oneself small, not taking up space physically, relationally, with one's voice or presence. This may feel quote-unquote normal to you. It can involve not having direct boundaries based on your own needs and concerns, shaping yourself to fit others' needs and desires while often abandoning your own. It can involve a lack of feeling or access to yourself and body or a pressure and collapse in the chest, stomach, and tissues might feel quote-unquote normal to you. It can involve avoiding conversations and situations that have conflict or difficult decisions with others. 
you might find yourself trying to quote-unquote keep the peace. Appeasing, apologizing, and letting others have their way may feel quote-unquote safer, even though it does not take care of your life and your desires. And last but not least, number five, dissociate. Dissociation is the protective mobilization to get away without physically leaving, to numb awareness and feeling, to check out so as to not be there for whatever is happening. It's a way of fleeing without leaving the room. Dissociation can happen at a subtle level, like leaving your eyes, spacing out briefly, shrinking inside of yourself, thinking of someplace else while someone else is talking to you, or just not quite remembering the interaction. Or it can happen at a gross level, such as leaving your body or present time to quote-unquote come back later, numbing yourself to an experience by removing some vital part of your awareness, disappearing outside or inside yourself where no one can get you. It can often be combined with feeling foggy and not clear-headed by not remembering short or long periods of time. Dissociation often goes along with other survival reactions. For example, fight and dissociate, flee and check out, or freeze and numb out. Dissociation looks like a shape that is more floaty, otherworldly, and not quite there. It can look like a dispersed energy, up toward the head and out. It can look like being pulled out of the eyes and away from the surface of the skin. You might be very sensitive to others' moods, emotions, and shift in energy and movements, but not present to your own, or not feeling yourself or others deeply. It can look like physically, emotionally, and or relationally being checked out or numb. It can feel more quote-unquote normal to be physically, emotionally, and or relationally checked out or numb. It can look like a somatic organization of being tucked deep inside the guts and the body, where no one can reach or find you. And it can look like avoiding, or at times not remembering, conversations and situations that have emotional intensity, whether that's from conflict, difficult decisions with others, or love. While the specific response might look different in each person depending on their particular context and social conditions, all five protective responses share some characteristics across all people. They are inherent, meaning that we do not have to learn them. They are automatic, meaning that we do not consciously control them. They are influenced by nature, meaning that they are inherited through evolution and the biologies of those who birthed us, and nurture, meaning that they are shaped by the interpersonal, cultural, and social context in which we live. They are wise and intelligent, meaning that there is no one response that is better than the other. Our body makes an assessment based on what it knows in the moment, through sensations, impressions, reading of others in the environment, and it issues the response that it deems as most effective in preserving safety, belonging, and or dignity in that moment. This is the case even if you feel like another option may have worked better. 
Each of us is born with the innate capacity to fight, flight, freeze, appease, and dissociate as protective responses to threat and violence. Most of us are using a combination of these as our key survival strategies. Our primary survival strategy may also be different based on the context. For example, public versus intimate settings, or home versus work. They are holistic impulses that engage our musculature, chemistry, brain, emotional state, relational state, and energy. When a protective response is mobilized and is able to enact and express successfully, all of the mobilization is spent. The breath and the body relax, and we don't have symptoms of PTSD, ongoing contraction, and trapped energy from the escape. When a protective response is mobilized in the body but does not get to be fully expressed or completed because the circumstances don't allow it, the chemicals, emotions, and physiological responses that were mobilized are still there. These unprocessed impulses then get stuck and become stored in tissues, musculature, and nervous systems. They become embodied. In addition to being stored unprocessed in our bodies, these protective impulses often generalize once we've been hurt or endangered. They assume the harm will happen again, and as a result, can't quote-unquote put down the defenses. The generalization is adaptive, on some level, because being able to anticipate stresses means that we are better able to survive. That said, the downside is that these generalized survival responses can take a toll on our bodies when stress increases and on our relationships when mistrust increases. This can in turn end up compromising the very needs, safety, belonging, and dignity that the survival responses were intended to protect, instead creating disconnection and suffering. When these survival responses are generalized as a consistent strategy, they can quote-unquote take over under threat, even though the context may have changed and you may have more choices and power now. The response shows up in our automatic and unconscious actions, non-actions, beliefs, ways of being, and ways of relating. Social and cultural conditions tend to accept and encourage certain survival responses in certain peoples, genders, and groups, and discourage them in others. For example, immigrant women of color who work as domestic workers in North America have been socialized towards appeasing and away from fight, which would likely elicit more violence. On the other hand, gender training in a U.S. context encourages men to fight and looks down upon them when they flee. This social shaping is not only integrated into our survival responses, but it also influences how we feel about our responses afterwards. For example, men who flee may experience shame afterwards. Given how deeply the safety shaping is embodied within us, trying to talk someone out of it or quote-unquote fix it or override it will not work. Instead, in the words of Stacey K. Haynes, the process of healing requires that we quote, get to know them the survival responses, on their own terms, honor how they've protected us, and through somatic processes, free up the contractions and withheld energy so that these survival responses are not quote-unquote over-applied. The goal is to get to a place where our survival responses don't 
quote, become who we are. Rather, they are there in times of danger and can relax and let go again once the acute danger has passed. We want to be able to make choices based on current time and situation, accounting for our current skills, power, and competencies today. To take actions and build relationships centered in our values and what is important to us, instead of reactions based in trauma calling the shots. End quote. The following reflection prompts are intended to help you become more familiar with your survival strategies. I invite you to pause after each question and take some time to jot down any notes or thoughts that come up for you before moving forward. At first glance, which survival strategies that we just talked through feel the most familiar to you with respect to how you tend to respond? Do the ways in which your dominant strategies show up in your life and SOMA resonate in terms of the somatic manifestations that we listed for each survival strategy? If so, which somatic manifestations feel the most familiar to your experience? Are there any somatic symptoms that you associate with your dominant survival strategies that weren't listed? Are there certain survival strategies that you perceive as more favorable or desirable compared to others? How does your social and cultural conditioning either reinforce or challenge these perceptions? I invite you to take some time to pause and think through these prompts before moving on to the next module. Thank you.